1: My name is Dr. Heidi Forbes, and today I am so excited to share with you my initial inspiration on podcasting and America's reinvention expert, Steve Olsher. Welcome, Steve.
2: Well, thanks for having me, Doc.
1: You know, Steve, I just have such an amazing appreciation for what you do in your work and in the way that you share and use technology to expand your horizons and expand other people's horizons. And I just, I'm so excited to have you come and tell us a little bit about your story and how technology has enhanced your life and maybe where, maybe some places where it's uh, caused some hiccups in the process too. So thank you for joining us today.
2: Happy to be here. And I'm happy that we got technology worked out so I can actually see you and you can see me and people can hear us. So all good on that front.
1: Yeah, what a treat. I mean if you think about it, um both you and I have been in this space for for quite a while. We don't need to expose our ages, but certainly uh it's you know, we've seen a lot of change over that course and just being able to visually see each other is is uh quite exciting. I remember early days where uh it was exciting to see text. So You're right. um, especially when it was actually moving, you know. Wait, I'm sorry, hold on, I gotta gifts. go
2: get my fax. Hold on. It's yeah. uh yeah. <laughs> Gotta, right? gotta to, got to reload the thermal paper.
1: Exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, you're, you're coming back from some really early days with, you know, we talk a lot about sort of the pioneering and I think you mentioned something about sort of being involved in CompuServe electronic mall in 1993. Yeah. So, I mean, that's telling a little bit dating sort of where we were at with technology back there. How has your yeah. relationship with technology changed since then?
2: Uh, you know, it's interesting. The uh the days of CompuServe, of course, uh were some pretty interesting days, and launching in ninety three on their electronic mall was uh was definitely interesting. And uh and I will say that I, I remember quite vividly the days of waiting for a, a fairly small, maybe uh let's just call it a 240 by 240 image of a bottle of wine uh to load and, and kind of getting to the point where almost by the, the top of the label i knew whether or not i wanted to see any more of that picture right so it's just funny how uh how let's just call it what it is spoiled we are in so far as how fast everything is now uh, i mean i think that's just really one of the biggest changes is just having access to whatever it is that we need in such a, an expedited period of time and i mean literally uh when you think about the the volumes upon volumes of information that are available to you in, in literally you know a split second, it's pretty mind blowing, and uh, and just being able to watch that evolve uh, over the past twenty five years uh, has really been pretty interesting, no no doubt.
1: Yeah, and I mean it's really you know, when you look at some of the things that you've done, you've been, you've been really on the cutting edge of exploring different ways to use technology, um, and ways to, you know, sort of evolve your own business in that process. Yeah. What do you think has been sort of your biggest personal trigger in terms of that? Is it curiosity or is it, you know, yeah. what, where, what do you think that is for you?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's just a, a matter of, of really taking action, I, I think, on, on an intuitive level, on sort of an instinctual level. I mean, there were lots of folks who had disks from CompuServe and lots of folks who had disks from Prodigy and AOL and, and so on. But there weren't a lot of people who decided, hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get involved in this world from, from a business perspective it was a nice little entertainment thing, but from a business perspective, it wasn't like, uh, I, this is something I absolutely have to do. And for me, that's just, that's kind of how it was. It was just always something like I felt like I had to do. And I don't know if it's just being aware of kind of where trends are going and reading publications and, and articles from people that talk about where trends are going, you know, or, or what it is. Um, but I just I, I've always had that sense of uh, of where of where things are headed and from a business perspective, uh, just feeling like I need to, to be a part of that that bleeding edge. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, I, I will be the first to admit, though, that I've not always taken action when I've seen the writing on the wall from a technology standpoint. Uh, most recent case uh, actually being Bitcoin, which I'm, I'm sure you've heard. Uh, quite a bit about lately, if you've been a lot. Got a little
1: FOMO going on there.
2: <laughs> oh, man. So I, um, so true story. I mean, we, we actually did build one of the first fully functional e-commerce sites in 1995. So I mean, definitely saw that writing, but you know, with, with Bitcoin as an example, uh, and even with podcasting, I mean, let's just stay, let's just stay the, the course here with the discussion around podcasting. I did my first podcast in 2009. And actually, um, actually had a pretty decent thing going with, with podcasting and, and got that, that, mm, what is it? It's, uh, I, I guess it's, what's the best way to put it? It's, um, I got that affliction that so many of us are, uh, are are subjected to when we get into something where we don't get the results we want as quickly as we want them. And that results in giving up and that's what happened. I mean, by 2010, I was like, yeah, you know, there aren't that many people listening to the show and it's just kind of heading in a direction I don't necessarily like, and it's taking a lot of time and energy and some resources. So, so I stopped and I look back on it. Some of the folks who, uh, you know, started around the same time I did, uh, and what they've been able to do with their podcast simply by staying the course. And, uh, you know it's uh, it's it's a little shocking really, what might have happened uh, with podcasting specifically had I stayed the course, but for the better part of uh, two and a half years now we've been uh publishing almost daily
1: Wow, for a little background for those of you listening, so I met Steve at this amazing event that he coordinated and hosted, and it was just uh it was incredible It was called the New Media Summit. And definitely going back. Can't wait to share it with all of you of anybody that's interested in either being a guest on a podcast or, or hosting a podcast. It was just a, an incredible environment for really learning about the industry and really understanding sort of the community around it, um, which yeah. was really profound for me, something that I hadn't anticipated. And you didn't have to, you didn't have to be a techie to get excited about that. And that's something that I really love because with my work, it's really about finding ways that that technology becomes integrated without thinking about it as technology. It just mm-hmm. seamlessly fits into your life. And when I first saw you speak on, uh, on a stage at Alina Vincent's event, the mm-hmm. thing that really popped out for me was you were talking about podcast accessibility. And like you were saying, you just, you started your podcast, you started a podcast in 2009. Well, then yeah. people had to, people didn't know where to find podcasts. Yeah. And when you, when I saw you speak on that stage, we had actually just gotten a new car that has Apple has like, whatever it is, Apple play, the
2: CarPlay. Yeah.
1: CarPlay. and the podcast icon was there.
2: Mm-hmm. And I thought,
1: wow, like it just connected for me of like, there's all these people that have never listened to a podcast before that are all yeah. of a sudden saying, "Hey, what's that?" And then pushing yeah. on that icon and going, "Well, I got to fill it up with good content. Where is right. this content coming from?"
2: Yeah. Yep.
1: And uh, that was a really profound moment for me and I am a tech geek, but I you know, I'm thinking like my my father could do this. Mhm. You know? He could,
2: he could. Everybody <laughs> can, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, look, it was great having you at the event. Look forward to having you at the next one. And, uh, and the truth of the matter is, yeah, it's definitely something that, uh, that anyone can do. And a lot of podcasts were started as a result uh, of coming to that event. And, uh, and there's a lot of interesting things going on, uh, certainly by the attendees. But, you know, I, I don't want people to, to get the wrong uh, impression here about, and the medium itself, because what I, I did, I think, in 2000, 2009, 2010, and uh, is I kind of looked at it and said, you know, hey, this this is a, a business opportunity. And I wanted to actually make a business out of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for some and I, and I mean, of, of just a very small fractional amount of people, that's possible. But I do think for most everyone else, that uh, it should be looked at as a as a complementary tool to your current marketing initiatives and your overall plan. It's really a, a piece uh, of that plan, and and that was the mistake that I made back in 2009, 2010. Was looking at it as the business itself, mm. um, and I think that if you look at it that way, you're going to be gravely disappointed. But if you look at it as a as a tool to leverage to drive traffic and to, to secure leads and and really um, highly targeted, highly qualified prospects for your products, programs, and services, then you're probably going about it in, in my way of thinking the right way.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I'm i totally with you on that. I, I agree 100%. I think that there's, you know, it's, it's about creating content that's relevant that really helps people understand what it is that you do, what kind, you know, how you can really... You know, how you can serve them better. It's, that's not the service in itself. It's really about, you know, aggregating content and whether that aggregation comes from bringing in interesting speakers that add value to your clients or to your, your listeners or to just spread the word. And, and I think that there's, there's, there's so much to that, whether it's coming through a book or a, you know, combination of a book and a podcast and various other ways. There's so many different ways to reach people. Now that you have to reach them by the medium that resonates for them.
2: Yeah. And it's complimentary from the standpoint of if somebody is reading your book, then you can drive them to your podcast or you can drive them to your, you know, your blog or whatever it might be. If someone's reading your blog, you can drive them to your podcast or you can drive them to, uh, you know, your videos, I mean, whatever it might be. So I just think that one, uh, Absolutely can drive the other um, mm-hmm. and when you when you come right down to it you know most most of the time you 're not going to get the same person consuming the exact same content in multiple ways you 're going to be reaching different people uh, who are consuming the exact same content in different ways, in other words you've got, you got to meet people where they are
1: yeah no absolutely and it, and, and it it sort of goes back to. You know the work that your your book that I love. What is your what? Where it's really figuring out what is that thing that you Mm -hmm. are so you know you are the person to deliver that thing, and then finding the different mediums that you can share that what with other people.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, that's uh, that is the the core question, especially in this in this landscape that you have to be able to answer. If you're not familiar with the what is your what book or the what is your what framework um, basically it's comprised of three very specific pieces one being your core gift which is really just reflective of how you're naturally wired to excel uh, whether it's through communicating or teaching or enrolling or protecting or entertaining I mean whatever that core gift is for you um, there we, we all have it I mean we have that one core gift and the second part of the framework are the uh, well, the vehicle, right? What, what's the primary vehicle that you're going to use to share that gift? And then the third piece of the puzzle are the people uh, and really understanding the people that you're most compelled to serve. And so once you have the the understanding of those three pieces, then uh, you, you really have what you need to to put together this whole what is your what framework. But ultimately, at the end of the day, when you think about getting into this medium, if you're going to get into podcasting, uh, what certainly makes the most sense for me uh, is to really think about the people that you're most compelled to serve and what the problems are that they face or what's most important to them and create a show uh, that really focuses on that. Because you know, when you look at your CarPlay dashboard, you can push the podcast icon, but uh, the real question is what shows are you going to find? Mm-hmm. And the majority of the time, you're going to find the shows that are already immensely popular. So if you're going to start your own show, uh, getting discovered is super hard to do. So that's uh, that's a whole other dance.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and there's a lot of different pieces to that because there's the human factor of people sharing it and connecting to it. But ultimately, we have we're sort of at the mercy of the hosting tools that decide... You know, what they're going to promote to the top and whatnot. And some of it is algorithms based, but some of it is, have, have other factors behind it. So I'm curious for you, you know, because you, you have been working more on the side of the, you know, helping people understand and helping organizations understand how to, to use these new tool, these new tools and these new media outlets. Do you ever come across sort of, the uh, anxiety around technology or the other where they're sort of, I got to have all the different technologies to make this work, but they never actually put it into action because, you know, they're more on the hoarding side of, you know, I've got to have the best mic and I've got to have this and that, but then they never launch their show or the Mm -hmm. other way around. Like I can't do this. This is too technical.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look, I think that technology, uh, no matter how you slice it, uh, is not second nature, right. Mm -hmm. For, for any of us, it's just, it's just not. And so there's, there's always going to be a a learning curve. Uh, there's always going to be some degree of of difficulty in gaining comfort, uh, with that particular medium or with that particular piece of technology. So yeah, you know, it's, um, wow. It's, it's one of those things where if, uh, if I was five years old at this point, uh, I think I'd have a much uh, better uh, – just the advantages of, of being born into technology, I mean, are just so – It's you can't even put a, a number on it in terms of how big of a difference it really makes in terms of where we are as adults now, older folk, right? I mean, who are trying to kind of play – catch up for lack of a better term. I mean, this is not, this is all new to us. It's not something that we grew up with. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you, when you come right down to it, you know, the internet itself uh, is something that uh, the majority of us of, you know, of our generation uh, really didn't take a uh, hold of until our twenties, you know, versus the uh, you know twenties and even you know late teens and thirties, whatever, it doesn't matter. But the point being, we didn't grow up with this in terms of Mm -hmm. it just being a part of our lives. I mean, I I remember getting my first cell phone and that was in, I want to say that was around 95, maybe something like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe like around 95, somewhere in there. Um, And so today, I mean, kids have not just phones. I mean, my first phone probably like yours was actually a phone. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it did. Like it called people if you if, were within range. If you were <laughs> within range, right, and now I mean, my my youngest, who's uh, who just turned eleven, and I think the first phone he had was like an iPhone five or six, you know, something like that, right. And just uh, it just an unbelievable difference. So, yeah, technology to us can still be uh, I mean, it can still be a huge barrier. It can still be a, a huge, uh, you know, the, the learning curve is real. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of us just don't have the patience. You know, we get to that point where we're just like, I'm too old for this nonsense, you know, and and that's real. And you give up.
1: Well, let's hope they don't give up, but they at least find the ones <laughs> that work well for them. Yeah. Ultimately. So, going to the smartphone um, because it is such a it's such a dynamic device. I guess is the easiest way to describe it. It's far more. It's a, com-
2: a supercomputer. I mean, it's,
1: it's a supercomputer. Yeah, exactly. And and yet it uh, it is a supercomputer that that is one of the most intimate objects that we have a relationship with in our lives these days. And so it's you know we use it for everything from our personal to our business to just general lifestyle, health, and wellness, and and whatnot. What are some of your favorite apps for some of those different categories? So, for example, do you use any apps for health and wellness?
2: Yeah, I uh, I can honestly say I don't. I mean, I don't I don't track my steps. I I don't do I don't do any of that. Nothing, you know. I um the the, the closest I come is like through. Instagram or, or something like that where I see pictures of people who have good health and have good wellness. And I'm looking at them <laughs> going, yes, you have good health and you have good wellness. That is, that is great. And so I'm sure there's an app for, for that. And maybe that's what I should just do is create an app for the rest of us where we can just, or I guess that already exists with Instagram. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's about, as, that's about as close as I come.
1: Well, but it doesn't make you happy.
2: Uh no it makes me very depressed. I mean it's like I, yeah no watching uh watching other people actually care about their you know their their health and their fitness and their lives in a in a meaningful way it's pretty inspiring and then I and then I figure out how I can drive from the couch to the refrigerator and uh I've actually got one of those you know those hyperloop things that Elon Musk is uh building mm-hmm. actually I actually have one of those in my house. Uh, there's, that, there's your tech. That, it exactly it connects the the couch to the uh, to the refrigerator. It's pretty sweet actually. <laughs>
1: It's so one of those, like, suction tubes that just... Exactly. Like they used yep. to have in the banks. You remember those?
2: Yes. That's exactly... I, exactly. I just sit in that and just <laughs> flings me towards the fridge. I open the fridge, get what I buy, and then close it back up, and then it flings me back to the couch.
1: Awesome. That is funny. <laughs> I'm just... I, I just have, like, a, an actual visual in my mind of what that's looking <laughs> yeah. like. And, yeah.
2: Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> That's as close as I come to apps for health and fitness. Yes.
1: So where do you see this stuff going? Do you think podcasting is it or what's going to be next?
2: Uh, You know, look, I I don't know if we're going to continue to call it podcasting. We'll probably just move to calling it what it is, which is just audio. I mean, much as, you know, Gary Vee has been doing with the audio experience or whatever he calls it. um, I, I will say that just when you think about audio as a medium, obviously it's the only medium where you can consume and do something else at the same time. Right. I mean, you can't really read and do something else. You can't really watch a video and do something else, but you can listen to a, to a show and do other things. You can work out, you can, uh, you know, you can uh, drive, you can, whatever. Right. I mean, there's, there's a million things you can do while you're listening. So, um, so from that standpoint, I, I just think that what we're going to be looking at is not necessarily the, the demise of, of podcasting, so to speak, um, but just really the growth of, uh, of audio as a, as a consumable, uh, transferable and, uh, and transportable uh, medium, mm-hmm. right, where people will just have the ability uh, to listen to what they want, when they want on their preferred device, um, and with AI uh, coming into the, the game here as quickly as it is, uh, I just think what you're going to see is a, a lot of uh, deliverability, uh, basically technology delivering to you what it is that you say that you want in terms of the keywords that you put in or the requests, the categories, the genres, etc., uh, so I, I think that it 's just going to change in terms of its delivering uh, device, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that looks like specifically um, i don 't know, but with uh, you know with the uh, the internet of things and everything being tied together, uh, one might think that it could just simply play through your refrigerator and you know I mean who knows right but uh, I think as all the devices become more and more connected, and certainly you have the ability to interact and not only speak to the devices but hear the devices uh i think that you're going to see just the deliberability uh of that media changing uh, insofar as uh, i think we move away from you know these these headphones or in something else uh takes its place but uh but, but i think ai is going to have a lot to, to do with, with how things uh, evolve
1: yeah i mean do you think that we'll ever get to a state where it might be a you know bi-directional? exchange within the podcast where you can interact with the podcast in a different way?
2: Well, I mean, I think that, you know, and and it's funny because it kind of goes back to, to blurring the lines then between traditional radio and broadcast media with the, with what I would call the pull media being podcasting and and the consumer pulling that episode when they want it and consuming it when they want it and on their preferred device. So um, it's, from a feedback standpoint, yeah. I mean, I can certainly see from a feedback standpoint going bi-directional and being able to give feedback to the podcast host in an easier way. Um, and, and I would certainly think from a bi-directional standpoint, uh, just in terms of being able to communicate uh, with the with the audience in a different way, I think will be a part of that as well. Because, you know, right now, mm, there are folks listening to this episode who you have no idea who they are. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, and that that is the one downside of this medium from a broadcaster, you know, from a broadcaster perspective, uh, is we really don't know who's listening. You know, mm-hmm. We really have no means with which to to truly cultivate a meaningful relationship with that person unless we take them into a different medium online. Email marketing usually is the way that that ends up. So, I, I do think that there is the potential uh, for having uh, a different dialogue. Mm-hmm. with that podcast host, whether or not the the podcaster will go to live. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we do we do our show as a live radio show uh, and then we repurpose it as a podcast. So uh, it's certainly possible uh, mm-hmm. that live and bidirectional communication may, uh, you know, may may come more into play. Uh, but that's going to require people to be at a specific place at a specific time. And I think that kind of defeats the purpose.
1: Yeah, it's true. Then you lose that that flexibility of time and space that podcasting really provides.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. here I am, you know, sitting in my office, my home office studio, where I'm looking at the Golden Gate Bridge and you're down in San Diego. Yep. I'm not sure what your view is, but it's different, certainly. And yet we're able to have a real-time conversation that, will be shared with many people in some other time. So it's really a, one of the most beautiful gifts, I think, that technology has provided us is that we have this incredible reach that is not limited by time and space.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, agreed, agreed. And that's, and that's the challenge, you know, is, is how, do you, how do you balance the two? And, um, and to that end, you know, a lot of people have been ta- calling for the, for the death of radio for quite some time. And I'm not sure that's going to be the case.
1: Yeah, I think it'll just evolve. I'm I'm kind of with you on that one. I like I like my radio too. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean it's just such a fascinating space. And I just you know uh, before we go into our next segment, I just want to make sure that we take a little time to um, to get a little visit from our sponsor. So uh, if you bear with me for a moment, uh, we'll be right back. This episode of The Evolving Digital Self is sponsored by Good Idea. Good Idea is the Swedish Sugar Buster. It's a scientifically proven dietary supplement designed to go perfectly with any meal. The big deal is that Good Idea, the Swedish Sugar Buster, contains a blend of five amino acids and a mineral in sparkling water that helps those with normal blood sugar levels handle the sugar spike following a meal. And it works with any meal containing fast carbs and or sugar. That's why Good Idea, the sweetest sugar buster, might well be your best lunch date ever. And the one you can have every day. Available now on Amazon.com. For more information, go to GoodIdeadrinks.com. Welcome back to the Evolving Digital Self podcast and we are joined today by Steve Olsher. We're having a great conversation talking about the future of podcasting and the future of how we get our content out in many different ways with technology. As we're moving into the next space, I would love to get some ideas from you Steve about, you know, so what do you see? What would be if, if your wish list of the best tools that would make it possible for us to have a really quality reach with our customers and our clients that we don't have today? What would be your dream technology?
2: Uh, I mean, that's, that's uh, an interesting question, right? I mean, from a technology standpoint, it's uh, it's hard to fathom what we need that we don't currently have, right? I mean, the only thing that I will say is, Uh, Having done a a speaking gig in L.A. yesterday, um, I I think technology has to do something around transportation, right, which is uh, which is clearly something that we're working on. Um, (laughs) So so there's that Uh, and being able to get, uh, you know, from point A to point B much, much faster. But I I think they're even talking about um, I forget the company. I mean, God knows it's probably Elon Musk, but there is a company that is working on. I forget exactly what they call it, but there's a there's a level between I'm not a scientist, but there's a level between the stratosphere and the atmosphere or something like that, where you're kind of off of the Earth's surface, but you're not like way out in space. And so they're doing these little rocket ship kind of thingies where you can go from like New York to Shanghai in like 23 minutes or something like that. You know, I mean, so uh, so that will be super cool because. God knows the way we go from point A to point B really needs to uh, to evolve. Um, but, you know, outside of that, when you come right down to it, I mean, we can communicate with almost anyone on the planet uh, from almost anywhere on the planet, right? And so it's uh, it's just hard to fathom what else we really need at this point other than... Uh, you know, some some better sense of, uh, of creating community online uh, and some degree of, uh, of togetherness. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, that always has room for evolution uh, in terms of creating uh, a space for people to connect uh, with like-minded people in a, you know, in, in a, not, uh, not in a more formal way, um, but certainly in a, in a way where people uh, have more sort of real life interaction without actually being together in real life. And, and so I don't know what that looks like. But, yeah. you know, if you want to go home and join your, your folks for Christmas dinner and you weren't able to, to make it there, um, to be at that table and, and be with them, uh, you know, sort of through holographics or the robots. I know there's some of those that, uh, that are out and about. Um, but I think there's, there's, think there's some evolution there. Yeah. Um, where you can be literally be in the same place as uh, as someone else. So may, maybe something on those fronts.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. And I I don't know if you've tested yet, but I've seen you know there's been a lot of information about the the simultaneous translation devices, and I think that they're you know just being able to reach larger audiences who maybe just have a You know, it's simply a communication issue of they don't speak the same language. I mean, we are very fortunate because we come from, you know, we were born into an English-speaking culture, and Mm -hmm. English is so widely used, particularly on the Internet, that we have access to so much information. But think about all those people that that don't have that advantage when they're coming into it, to be able to have access to all of this wealth of knowledge that's out there. And it's funny you say that about the holograph, because I remember asking my son, who's now 16, I think he was probably around 10, uh, what he saw, what he thought the world would be like in 20 years. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, I'll be hanging out with my friends in, as holograms. And at the time I was like, well, that's pretty cool. I like, wonder if we'll get that far. Well, you know... We're only—it's only six years later. There's a good chance I do think that yeah. you know it, there's a a clear possibility that in 14 years we could hang out with our friends as holograms. But it's pretty more sure. you know it's got to be a uh, the adaptation that that works on a you know smaller scale or on a large scale and whatnot. But yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool stuff. You know, yeah. we do that sort of with FaceTime.
2: We uh, do, we do. But so. um, but yeah, some some sort of physical. Presence where you can actually see what's going on through your own eyes, as opposed through, as opposed to you know through their camera and through what they show you. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's probably the evolution.
1: Yeah, very cool stuff. Now, getting into, I'm going to ask you a question here that's a little more on the the woo-woo side, just because there's this funny piece with the digital self, or maybe funny is the wrong word, that uh, that I work with on clients where it's helping them you know, build more of a conscious relationship with their technology, more just acknowledging how they engage with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm always surprised people always, I just, it never fails to surprise me who relates to that and who doesn't, because it's usually the people that I think that are going to go, wow, this is way too woo woo that are totally into it. And there's others that I assume that they're going to totally get that part. And they're sort of like, wow, it's too weird. Do you feel like you have a pretty conscious relationship with how you engage with your technology? Or is it just, you know, a, a, a physical thing that you have to deal with on a daily basis?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm definitely more in the, uh, the latter category than the former. <laughs> it's, I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not one to, to look at things, I think, on more of that kind of spiritual level, if you will. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that there's so many amazing things about what we do and how we do it. Um, But at the same token, uh, when you look at how it's done, uh, obviously, there's a a huge capitalism piece tied to it. Uh, And and it's kind of hard to to wrap my arms around uh, something being done specifically. Simply for the sake of it, uh, you know, making the world a better place uh, from a from a spiritual perspective uh, versus just someone creating a a technology uh, where that demand uh, has has literally made them tens, hundreds of millions of dollars, even billions of dollars. Uh, I, I just think it's all for at least in my cynical mind, I think it's driven uh, strictly by what can be done from uh, from a business perspective, I, I just don't. I, I think there are people who adapt technologies to take more of that spiritual type approach to to what it can do and and how it can be leveraged in that manner. Uh, but the, the technology itself, it just it's tied too strongly to business for me to you know to to feel differently about it.
1: Well, you're an entrepreneur, so you do you use your technology all the time or do you have periods where you put it to bed and then you, you know, so that you can actually have offline time or, or disconnected time?
2: Uh, I'm, I'm certainly guilty of, uh, of being pretty connected uh, most of the time. (laughs) So, uh, you know, we try in in the family to, to keep the dinner table, Free of technology and uh and keep the t v off but uh you know and keep the the phones away from the table uh but even sometimes that doesn't work so it's uh yeah it's <laughs> it's tricky but i i i wish mm, i wish it hasn't in a lot of ways i I'm glad it's a part of our lives and so on but i, I think there are definitely times where i wish. Um, that uh, the kids could just learn how to talk to each other one again and stop texting and Snapchatting, or as I call it, you know, snapogramming and insta chatting with people, and you know, and that sort of thing. And I don't know. I guess um, for us uh, again, as as uh, those who grew up without it, I just kind of feel like we know to some extent how to actually interact and balance and and have a a uh, a decent balanced life, even though the, the phone may still be in our pocket, uh, versus, uh, you know, my kids who are growing up with the technology. Um, and I'm just, I'm just not sure that they're going to have the, the same degree of communication skills and connection skills, uh, as those who have come in the generations before. them.
1: Do you think the kids are antisocial or do you think they socialize in a different way?
2: uh, I I just think that they, they, they're still, it's not an anti-social thing. I think the social element is, is still there. Um, But I, I think it's more of the, the communication element that's, that's lacking in terms of knowing how to, to actually address conflict and know how to actually uh, just have a a meaningful discussion with someone that's not broken down into, uh, you know, SMH and, and LOLs and these sort of things. Um, so that's, that's more of my concern is just being able to verbally express themselves when they're actually face to face with someone.
1: No, I, I hear you. And I think it's, it's a fascinating, it's a whole nother topic. Actually, my next book is on, is really looking at across generations, um, and digital self mastery. And, and I think it's, what's been fascinating for me is to see that a lot of the things that we relate to as antisocial or not, you know, not such good social behavior, it's actually, uh, at least in the, the interviews I've done thus far, it sort of matches their developmental stage. You know, there's sort of a period there where particularly the boys when they're sort of 13 to 15 You're lucky if you get sort of a monosyllabic grunt when you ask them questions. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it's very easy to blame that on they've got their nose in their Snapchat. And then all of a sudden, you know, this 16-year-old comes out with a full sentence and you say, well, how did you learn to talk? Because (laughs) the last two years I haven't heard you say anything. Yeah. So sometimes it's hard to recognize as parents and, you know, as adults, sort of what is a developmental stage and what is just the you know the tools that are being distraction. Or the other yeah. thing that I see a lot is, you know, the adults that have their noses buried in their devices and they're telling their children, put your device away. <laughs> you know, it's sort of <laughs> this, hmm. Let's see, yeah. are they modeling yeah. behavior? <laughs> so yeah. you know, just interesting things to keep in mind when we you know when we are concerned with our children being buried in. That's not to say that there shouldn't be certain boundaries that we need to learn so that we can, so that it doesn't disrupt social skills. But yeah, I think there, there's a lot of interesting things, points in there. Now, before I forget, I want to make sure that uh, if people want to learn more about what you do and, and how to potentially work with you, if they can find you, I, you know, how do, how do they do that? And, and, you know, what, what can they do? What kinds of things are you doing now that people can reach out to you about?
2: Yes. Yeah, so I mean, of course, uh, Steve Olsher o l s h e r dot com uh, is a gre- great place to go uh, on the podcasting front. You know, Reinvention Radio is the as the name of our show, and uh, we cover a lot of ground there, from business to technology to politics. Um, I mean, you you name it. I think we we covered it on the show, and had a, a we always have really really interesting guests on who uh, have reinvented their lives in in one way or another. So. I uh, certainly recommend Reinvention Radio and then you know you uh you talked about the new media summit so perhaps you can share a way for uh, for folks to, to find out more information through you on uh, on the summit.
1: Absolutely. Well, all of those things will will have information in the show notes so if you're curious about that, you can go over to to com or to the podcast hosting site and there'll be links there. To find Steve and to, you know, to be able to join us at the New Media Summit. I'll be there and lots of other people that have also been on my podcast. So I think there'll be some really good conversations. I look forward to attending it as a podcaster rather than a potential guest this time. It'll be a different, I'll be coming with a different lens. So it'll be fun.
2: Awesome. Awesome. It'll be
1: fun. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Steve. Do you have any final words that you'd like to share with the audience?
2: Uh, I mean I would just simply say you know much like our discussion around podcasting and uh, and even touching on on bitcoin a little bit earlier uh and who knows maybe by the time you know because obviously the beautiful thing about podcasting is it lives on and these episodes live on in perpetuity so you know if you're listening to this episode in the year is 2022 uh you know who knows what uh, what's going on in, the, in bitcoin but at this point uh I would just simply say this which is you know based on what we were talking about earlier with podcasting and with cryptocurrency, I mean, just the whole idea of really getting started today um, is is definitely something to, to, I think, to live by because reality is, uh, in my mind, is that uh, a year from now, you will look back and really wish you would gotten started today. Uh, there's just no other way around it. So whatever it is that you're thinking about doing, uh, just do it. Get that first version done. Get it out. And uh, And like, you know, like Doc said here, I mean... You know, you come back to the New Media Summit next time and uh, you'll have a whole fresh set of eyes on it. But you had to come the first time in order to get these, this this new set of eyes. So, yeah, just uh, just jump in and get started. And uh, and it's going to suck at first. And it's going to probably be not nearly as good as you want it to be. And you're going to look back and go, geez, that was pretty bad. Um, but it had to be in order for you to get to where you really want to go.
1: Yep, it's an evolution. That's what we're all about. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Stu Vulture. And for those of you listening for the first time, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and join us again and share the podcast. We look forward to joining you again with the Evolving Digital Self. This is Dr. Heidi Forbesista, and I want to thank you for today and signing off for now. Bye-bye. Bye bye.